is this gelatinous muck? Andrew, when I tell you to pack staples, must I specify that you are to pack good caviar and not this $1.99 fish bait? Yes, madam. Caviar should be round and hard and of adequate size. And it should burst in your mouth at precisely the right moment. Yes, ma'am. Carpenter? Yeah. You have exactly 48 hours. I suggest you get started. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. These are the movies that made us gay. Yay! Yay! Woo! Yes! We're back for another one. And boys and girls, as you know, my name is Pete. With me, as always, is Scott. Hello, Pete. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Good, good, Excited good. Excited to talk about this movie. Yes, indeed. This is the podcast where each week we get together and we watch a movie from our childhood that contributed to our little gay boy lives. The movies that made us gay. We watched this one over and over again. And I know I watched this movie so many times as a kid. Oh, absolutely. Same. I, I had this on VHS, and I really wore this wore the wheels off on this one. Uh, Scott, why don't you talk a little bit about what we watched tonight? Well, yeah, as you probably figured out, we watched Overboard from 1987, released December 16th, directed by Gary Marshall, written by Leslie Dixon. Leslie Dixon, also a screenwriter. You may remember her work from Freaky Friday, Bradley Cooper's Limitless. She is also a script doctor oh. who's worked on movies like... The musical of Hairspray, Just Like Heaven, and also Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yes. And, yeah, Overboard. This was a movie that I remember the copy of our of Overboard was taped off cable, yeah. and it went from uh, Overboard to The Lost Boys. Oh, So, nice. to That's this day, cool. I remember watching both yeah. kind of in a row. Yeah, totally. Uh, I don't remember what else was on my Overboard VHS, and I know something else was on it because uh, I didn't have the actual box that you bought from like the store or anything. Mm-hmm. But we definitely had this movie, and I definitely watched it several times as a child. And this movie, I feel like, just has kind of everything that this podcast is all about because it has yeah. like not only does it have like super awesome, funny Goldie Hawn, just like throwing out lines, just quotability, but it also has super hot Kurt Russell. A very hot Kurt Russell. So and both of their chemistry is magical. Well, they were Two. married. Yep. I mean, come on. They were a married couple making movies. So, yeah, they had great chemistry on screen as well as off. Uh, but, yeah, this this movie also had kids in it, so it had, mm-hmm. like, another element yep. that made you want to watch it, you know, as a little kid growing up. But, yeah, it's just... There was just something about this movie that just really spoke to me. I, my mom loved it. That was another thing. Same. My mom loved it as well. Yeah. So it's like my mom always liked watching it when it was on cable. So we like watch it together. So yeah, this movie just had like so much going for it that like really fits in this category of what we're talking about. And, and also, yeah, and also a, a movie that when we were watching it just a little bit ago, still really fucking hilarious. Oh my god, it's so like, funny. Laughed out loud numerous times of this movie. Yeah. Yeah, the I mean, all the stuff, all the rich Goldie Hawn stuff at the beginning was great. Like, yeah, you <sighs> really funny lines by Leslie Dixon. The, the really cool thing about Goldie Hawn is just that, like, 
most people know her and think of her as this like kind of bubbly, ditzy, airheady kind of yeah. like ooh, kind it was of like kind actress. Of, well, because she had played the rich girl before, like in Private Benjamin, but she had never really played the bitch. Had she ever I, played I mean, a bitch before this? I, I don't, don't think so. I don't really know like yeah. too much of her early stuff before the eighties because Goldie Hawn's been around for a while. I mean, kind of started out in sketch comedy. Yeah, she was on Laughing in like the late sixties, early seventies, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, the her movie career in the eighties was was pretty big. And also, won won an Academy Award for a comedy, too, sure, which is very. Which, I've never seen which that movie. I've I don't never even seen know what Cactus it is. Flower either. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not familiar. Not with a it. lot of Academy Award winning performances by women where they're allowed to be funny, too. Sure, but in this movie, as uh, God, I don't even know the character's real name. I just always call her Annie. Yeah, because that's the name I of have, Russell. Gives I have her. Annie written all of my. We'll, notes. we'll have to look it up on IMDb because her name's not Annie. Um, but you. When she plays the rich character, Joanna. Joanna. That's Joanna. Right. When she's yep. playing Joanna, she just has this like her voice is very deep. Mm-hmm. It's very imposing. She just reads everybody for filth nonstop. All she does is just order around her staff of servants. Um, she orders around Kurt Russell. She's terrible to him, and um, it. But it's this, it's a deeper register. Yeah. I mean, it's everything you heard in that earlier clip. Um, just take a listen to this. Well, the entire civilized world knows that all closets are made of cedar. You know, uh-huh. it's just yep. this very like that scene. powerful. Oh my god, that scene's amazing. Uh, we'll talk about that. That scene's great for a lot of reasons. Um, but yeah, they're they're probably we'll we'll do the math on this. We'll get we'll get our uh, our our unpaid interns, the cats, to uh, to do the math and figure out how old they were when they when they made these I mean, movies. I would movie, probably late 30s. I'd, I'd say probably late 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, they both look amazing. Amazing. They're both at the top of their game. Yeah. Super fine. Cute dad bod um, Kurt Russell. Not even a dad bod, man. That's like a fucking slamming body. He kind of has a, he kind of has a little belly on him, which I'm into. He does too. <laughs> He's just not... He looks. He, he just looks, doesn't have a 12-pack. He looks well-fed. I love it. Um, But yeah, when she's playing Joanna, she just has this commanding performance but it's also funny you know yeah. she like says all of these lines that are just so funny it's we, a very cunty delivery we, yeah we didn't get the clip of her falling in the water which oh my hair hmm. everyone <laughs> wants to be everyone wants to be me i got everyone wants to be me we'll play okay. that clip in a second that's a good one but when she does fall in she says my hair She's her line delivery is so good in this movie. It's just so so funny, and you hate her at the beginning because she's so terrible to to Kurt Russell to Dean Prophet. You just she's such an asshole to him, and you don't like her. But then when she's going through all this shit that he's putting her through with the kids and the dogs and the the chores and everything, you do feel bad for her, you know? Yeah. It's like it wasn't 20 minutes ago watching this movie that she was so awful to everyone, to poor Roddy McDowell. And, I mean, her husband deserved it because he was a jerk. But, I mean, to everybody else, you know, all the staff applaud when when dean is like when he's telling her off telling her off they're all listening to it and just like cheering because she's so terrible but yeah there's just something really really good about this goldie performance i wouldn't even call it underrated i think people who know this movie know that this is just a really good solid performance from goldie hahn and people that love goldie hahn 
this is usually their go-to yeah movie for sure too. and this is definitely her movie you know um her and Kurt are in it together, and they're married and all of that, but her performance definitely steals this movie. It's so mm-hmm. good. It's so good. But then, yeah, on the other side of that, we get Kurt Russell running around in overalls and, like, cut-off sleeveless shirts. T-shirts and, like, and tank tops and shirtless little mm-hmm. little tiny white boxer shorts, you know, and his... Flowing, I have I have my notes. Kurt's luscious hair. His hair is amazing. Mm-hmm. His hair is so good in this. I feel like the makers of Guardians of the Galaxy two, the special effects guys were just watching this movie like intently when they were like, yeah, when they were matching his like when they did the face replacement young appearance in Guardians mm-hmm. two to make it young baby Kurt Russell. It was this that they modeled it on. Man, and when you watch um, Wyatt in movies, which he was an overlord and uh, everyone wants some, it's pretty much Kurt from this movie. Yeah, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell's son, Wyatt Russell, is probably 32 now. Uh, I think, yeah, I think he's a few few years younger than me. Yeah, this movie was made in 87, and the... um, IMDb trivia mentioned that he was a baby on the set. Yeah, because I yeah. So he's probably so. just about your age. Yeah, and there's and there's shots of Goldie, especially in the dream sequence, which mm-hmm. is which is the New Year's party. Mm-hmm. That Goldie really looks like Kate. Some of the or Kate really looks, looks like Goldie. Like Goldie. Yeah. Some of the makeup that they put her in, her eye makeup, but just like a smoky eye. Some shots, it's just like, whoa, that is Kate Hudson. Yeah, it's where crazy. Where she's spitting out the confetti. That scene I is saw, so funny. I saw funny. a lot of Kate in that. Oh, my God. When she, the, She's having a dream sequence, and in in actuality, on the bed, it's raining outside. She's sleeping on the couch, and the rain is leaking onto her face. But in the dream, it's a New Year's countdown, and confetti's falling on her. And confetti's falling in her eyes and getting on her eyelashes and, like, getting in her mouth. <laughs> she's acting it so good. It's just this funny, subtle performance where she's just, like, doing these double takes of the confetti in her face. And it's so funny. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Um, But, yeah, they both just look really, really good in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, they both are just so, such beautiful people. Um. Well, and also, this is a movie that when you look at it in a 2019 lens, mm-hmm. it's essentially a comedy about gaslighting. <laughs> let's not like, let's not kid ourselves that he. I mean, she has amnesia. She has amnesia, but so he's it's not like, like he's like making. I mean, he's making her believe something that's untrue, but, but he's uh, passing off this lie to her, yeah, and essentially making her be like. Oh, it's very shady yeah, and probably shady. illegal what he does to her. Yeah. It's borderline human trafficking. But what I think what is, he's doing. But what I think is great about the movie and uh it really speaks to both of these actors is uh-huh. that they both just sell it. Like a oh, classic yeah. like a classic screwball comedy. You don't even really question You really don't question it. The, his motives because again, she was so horrible to him that you're just kind of like, "Okay, she has it coming." But yeah, it's it's borderline human trafficking. It's white slavery. Um, it's kind of like a similar Gary Marshall movie that he made right after this Pretty Woman. It's kind <laughs> of a, it's kind of a bullshit premise when you really break it down. But both the actors just really sell it. Sure, as don't movie start, stars. don't start picking it apart. It's not so, yeah. going to hold water, but it doesn't matter. It's a movie. It's an '80s movie, and we didn't really care. We did, we didn't look at movies with the like 
fine tooth comb that we're like sifting through movies these days. Speaking of it being 2019, what was it only last year, 2018, where there was a, a remake of this movie? I really like the remake. With the wonderful Anna Ferris. It's actually really funny. It was a fun gender reversal yeah, with them too. It was really funny. Um Anna Ferris is definitely taking up the mantle for Goldie Hawn and the like kind of kooky, like mm-hmm. blonde woman, you know, just very beautiful but very funny and I think she's filling that role right now. But um yeah, the 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 remake was actually really good. Um and <laughs> It's funny because in the remake, the uh, Kurt Russell, um, Dean, his best friend, uh, Billy, that every character in this movie essentially has like uh, a character in the remake. Yeah. But most of them are gender swapped. And so <laughs> Anna Ferris has a best friend that kind of fills the role of the of the Billy character and it's played by Eva Longoria. <laughs> so every time I see the Billy character in this in this movie, I just Eva keep referring to him mm-hmm. as Eva Longoria. Yep. And he's this like chubby guy with a mustache he was on Friends, and like, curly hair. Right? He was the super on Friends yep. that that wanted to that wanted Joey to teach him how to ballroom dance or he wanted to practice ballroom dancing with Joey. He's the super and they'd practice on That's the right. roof, all of you friends friends heads out there in podcast land. Um so this movie takes place in uh, the fictional town of Elk Cove, Oregon. Elk Cove, Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, this was 1987. That was when Oregon was still hillbilly. Yeah, it wasn't quite the hipster no. land that it is today. Yeah. It was Oregon hillbilly was, and also like the land of cults. Oregon too. was still very like redneck hillbilly. Mm-hmm. It was just backwater Pacific Northwest. Yeah. So they just needed some like... They need like a yokel seaside town. town. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. They're on a yacht. She's from New York. And they they make mention of New York. End up there. I yeah. Why aren't were, Why were aren't they, s- they in the South? It should be like Louisiana. Were they sailing from Alaska? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe Maybe Kurt Russell just didn't want to do like a Cajun accent. Yeah. Or something. Because where you know like where would well I don't know be in like South Carolina or something. I mean it makes sense because it's not like you're gonna set the movie around like Marina Del Rey. Sure. So because then it would yeah. they need like a like a rural seaside community to give her to give her the fish out of water. They needed it to be mm-hmm. hillbilly. Yeah. They needed her to be super poor. Is is this is the story? You know. So it couldn't have been out of the marina because I mean it could have been he could have just lived in some dumpy house in L.A. somewhere and he yeah. was just working out there because he knew boats or something. But it just worked that it's like a, a seaside town with, like, a port and, and all of that. Yeah, so in the movie, um, there is an emergency with Goldie Hawn, and she has to have a closet model <laughs> An ASAP. emergency. So well, the, in, the, the in boat inter- is the, the yacht that they live on, and I'm assuming they live on this yacht full time. Maybe not. Maybe not. Just I don't a know. pleasure yacht. Yeah. The yacht that they're on, uh, you know... It's getting some like engine repair or something and they had to stop in Elk Cove and yeah. they make you know at the beginning of the movie during the credit montage it's all fishing boats and then there's just this luxury yacht parked you know in the yeah. marina and so she's bored they need to be there for two days to get the engine fixed and she has nothing to do so she's like well while we're here let's fix this fucking closet 
I have a lot to say about that closet, too. <laughs> well, I think that's the idea. Yeah. It's this giant closet, and she's just like, it sucks. Fuck it. I hate this closet. Who wouldn't want that beautiful closet? Uh, and she says, uh, I was obsessed I need with the- drawers for my lingerie. I can't keep entering these boxes. Yeah. Entering these boxes. <laughs> um, I was obsessed with that closet as a kid. Of how it moves. Could you imagine? Oh, the closet that he made? Yes. Oh, it's great. And she hates it. I love that closet. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, so, again, first of all, the opening of this movie with her as Joanna, rich Joanna Staten, first amazing outfit that we see Goldie in. definitely turning some looks in this movie. She's turning looks. She's She's wearing bathing suits most of the time, and she's wearing a bathing suit, and it's got like epaulets which are those like shoulder yeah it deals with the tassels very like michael jackson mm-hmm. it's very it's almost nautical kind I, of like yeah, she's a ca- like she's a sea captain yeah epaulets are definitely you know they're they're military uh white and gold yeah and it's white yeah with the gold there's gold tassels and mm-hmm. there is a there is a, a little bit of physical comedy where she is not able to exit a doorway because the epaulets are too big um she lifts up she yeah, she's like her move her shoulders because they're very like linebacker shoulders because they're so wide. Um, so yeah, so she has Kurt Russell make this closet for her because it's. I mean, on a yacht, there's limited space, and all of her shoes are lining the floor, and she's just like, "Fuck this! I need more room in this closet." And he builds her, and this is every. This, oh my god, this script is really good. Yeah, because everything pays off somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he's very handy. He's just like, he's kind of a, he works odd jobs. He's a handyman. He just kind of works as a carpenter. Cause that's, and also that's what his truck says, right? That's what his truck says, yeah. but he just moved to Elk Cove. And so he doesn't have a steady carpenter job. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just kind of being a handyman right now. He Later on, he's just like fixing that thing at the bowling alley just to like get some money. But that also might be because she threw his tools in the marina. <laughs> yeah, she throws his tools in the marina. Um, along with him. Along with him. Uh, yeah, he builds this like mechanical shoe rack in the closet where there's sh- hidden shoe shelves that you turn a crank and the shelves in front move and the shelves behind come forward and the ones in the front go to the back and it's a whole carousel and there's a crank and there's like a cool crank noise and she just fucking hates it. Well, I think she was going to hate it regardless. That's too. true, even mm-hmm. if it wasn't made. I think it was so cool that she just didn't really know what to do with it. Yeah. It kind of took her by surprise how good it was. Yeah, yeah. But even though... Well, the entire civilized world knows that all closets are made of cedar. Because he made it out of oak. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Collects moths, right? Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cedar... Uh, moths don't like cedar. Yeah, I guess Or so. moths do like oak. I don't know. I've always just known that from a thing from this movie. Well, I, I, I don't know if it's true or not. But in real no, life. it is true it because is? they have these little balls that you can put in your drawers and they're cedar. Yeah, that's a thing. But they're like, little spheres, like little marbles, oh, okay. but they're made of cedar. And you put them in your drawer and it's supposed to keep the moths away. Hmm. We'll have the interns look that up too. They can't use the internet. They don't have phones. <laughs> I love that you just. Nicknamed our cats the interns, <laughs> the unpaid interns. <laughs> I mean, they're just living here for they're free. They're doing it for college credit. We'll get you guys a picture of the interns. We'll put that on the Instagram. 
see if they can help us look up some some questions. If you all have any questions about this movie, email us, and we'll have them look up the answers for you. They won't do a very good job because they can't read. And um, Kurt does the does the thing wearing his muscle shirt where he he like grabs it and you can see his beautiful man pecs <laughs> which was a scene that young scott liked a lot too. <laughs> he does this thing where he grabs like the front of his tank top and like with his two hands almost like if you hook your thumbs behind the bib of overalls but he's doing that through the front of like a tank top t-shirt and it gets a good nip slit <laughs> with it yeah and that's also one of the things that triggers yeah it's joanna slash annie's memory mm-hmm. later on because she looks at that. him standing next to the closet yeah so yeah so this is when you know she refuses to pay him for the job because he didn't do it up to her standards, but she did not specify that she wanted Cedar. She, she just wants him to start over. assumed the whole world knew it, but he didn't know it, and he made it out of oak, which is a nice sturdy wood, I assume, um, thinking that it would be satisfactory, but it wasn't. And so that's kind of gets the ball rolling. She refuses to pay him um, for even the job that he mm-hmm. did, and now she wants him to start over again, and he's just like, no, fuck that. I'm not going to do it. She fires him. All hell breaks loose. She pushes him off the side. She pushes him off the side. Poor guy. Boat. Um, in this last scene where where that happens, she's wearing um a bathing suit, and it's there's like a nude illusion in the back. I think this is the one that's like a zebra print, and it just looks like a one piece bathing suit, but the entire back is. Like nude, yeah. nude illusion. So when she's and it's laying sort on her of stomach, like it looks French like she, cut too. She's not wearing anything, and it is mm-hmm. French cut. It's very high up on the thigh. Yeah, it's a nude illusion in the back, except what would be like the whale tail of like the g string is mm-hmm. a little bit, a little swatch of the like zebra fabric. It's super weird. Um, but maybe we'll post pictures of that too. <laughs> oh, well, later in the movie, we'll talk about Goldie's fashion journey too, because they do kind of change the look of this character as she progresses when she just because when you're first introduced to her her hair is very like tied back very tight Mm -hmm. it's in like a bun she has like a giant avatar braid (laughs) she's wearing a big black sun hat and through the back of the hat is a braid that's obviously an extension not her hair and it's it's this long braid and it goes and she's laying on her stomach laying out and this braid comes back down her back and it's like to her ass yeah it's fully like avatar braid it's amazing and it's like platinum blonde in one scene she has those 80s glasses that are like yeah she has a super like like, hollywood montrose Mm -hmm. from uh mannequin and mannequin two on the move hollywood she's got the full-on like hollywood montrose like sunglasses okay so some wackiness happens she's getting into a fight with her husband and she Goldie ends up falling off the boat. Well, she has to go get her ring because she was she was painting her nails out yeah. on the deck and she takes off her wedding ring. Yes. And she leaves them on the boat. And in the middle of the night, she has to go get them. And it's dark and probably wet. It gets misty out there in boats, you know, and it's yeah, nighttime. It's rough seas, too. Mm-hmm. And she ends up falling overboard. Yeah, she slips and falls and ends up in the water. Oh, my hair. Oh, my hair. I do wish I had that clip. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, they leave her in the water. Like, they don't hear that she falls in. They don't know she falls in because everybody's just like, oh, fuck her. She's screaming again. She's lucky she didn't die. Whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. both of them are. They both fell mm-hmm. off this yacht, probably like a 15, 20-foot fall into the water, the cool Pacific waters. She gets fished out of the water by a garbage scow. Yeah, I think it's kind of clever in the script of how they reveal Goldie getting fished out of the water. It's like a morning show or like a public access show. Yeah, it's like show. a local, local access yeah, news Yeah, and when Kurt program. is working at the bowling alley, Dean, he sees her on the news Yeah, when he's going to get the chips. Mm-hmm. He is uh, doing a job and he's at, like, at a bowling alley. He's like, there's the bitch. <laughs> that is super funny. I always, I always thought that was the funny. Bitch. He's sees her on the TV, and his friend Billy is there. And he's like, that's her. And Billy goes, who? And Carrasso goes, the bitch. <laughs> Just the way he says it, the line delivery, I always thought was so funny. The bitch. Yeah, so he's uh, he's talking to Eva Longoria, and he's just like, yeah, that's the woman that, like, ruined my tools, blah, blah, blah. She is at, like, the mental hospital or something, or just a regular hospital. Yeah, they're kind of keeping her in the mental wing, though. They put her in there because she's so horrible her. to everybody. Yeah. yeah. So then Kurt concocts this plan because he's out all of this money, and essentially he's just going to get her because they said on the – on the news program that she has amnesia and she doesn't remember anything. And if anyone knows anything about this woman, come down and pick her up. Yeah, because she's being so horrible to everybody at the hospital that they're just like, fuck this lady, come and get her. Because if not, we're going to like yeah, leave her on the sidewalk. It's kind of a crazy plan that he's just going to bring her home to work off the 700 plus dollars that she... It is a little kooky. And he also tells his... He's got four kids. And he tells all of them, I mean, presumably... They're all in on all, this plan. Yeah, like... Too. We're bringing home this lady, and you're going to pretend that she's your mother. They're accomplices in this yeah. probably illegal And the kids activity. are just like, oh, okay, okay, sure. He sends them to go buy clothes, uh, you know, so when they get back to the house that she's, you know, he tries to make it seem like that's her house, and those are her kids, and they're married. Sh- I was a short and fat slut. Short, fat, slut. <laughs> Was I also shorter? Some, of <laughs> yeah, some of the when she's questioning him on why the clothes don't fit. Was I also shorter? Annie Goolahy, Goolahy. Where did I grow up? Dog Patch. <laughs> you always say that line too. I do say that line. It's a funny line. Dog Patch. What the fuck is that? <laughs> so yeah, so, so the the hospital just pretty much lets her go because. They want to get rid of her, and also he remembers a birthmark on her ass of kind from of a heart. the super high, the super French high cut, cut nude illusion mm-hmm. bathing suit. It's a very, like, Kelly Kapowski bathing suit that, when, if you don't know, like, French cut, look it up. It just means that the leg on the bathing suit just goes really high up on the thigh. It's kind of like you're an extra in an 80s hairband video, oh, too. Oh, totally, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so from the French cut bathing suit, all she was doing was walking around in bathing suits the entire time on the yacht. So he remembers a, f- a birthmark that's, like, pretty much on her ass. And so he tells them, like, oh, yeah, she's got a birthmark on her ass. And they're like, oh, well, true, you got it. You must know her. Send her home with them. Puts her in the back of the truck. And that's some of the s- genius stuff that yep. that Dean does to her to fuck with her. You know, he has the dogs right in the front of the truck, and she's in the back. I just ate a bug. 
Goldie's really funny at all the physical comedy. Yeah. She, oh my god, so good. Watch this movie if you haven't. The montage of Goldie doing the chores. Pretty funny. Yes. Oh, the, another line that I have written down. This missing link person is not my husband. <laughs> missing link person. Yeah, so <clears throat> the um we meet the boys. She's got he's got four sons, two twins, a little like a first grader and then like who the, always talks like Pee Wee Herman. Who always talks like Pee Wee Herman. And the oldest son, when he's like, all right, these are your kids. See if you can remember his name. Roy. Does she call him Roy all throughout the movie, too? Just in the first few scenes. We didn't do anything, Dad. It was Roy. Um, The kid... Roll. From uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Big, and Big yeah. is like the kid inventor. And Roseanne. Yeah, all the kids have like because a thing. All the kids have a little character beat because it's a movie from the 80s, yeah. which you see a lot. The youngest one thinks he's Pee Wee Herman, so he does everything in a Pee Wee voice. He also can't read. He also can't read. But he's, I mean, in his defense, he's like six. I don't know. It uh, apparently all of them are in the same classroom. Well, no, because no, they were taking they were taking some big like personality test or something. It was a standardized test. A, sta- a standardized yeah. test. I yeah. don't know why they were all in there together. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. They're in like some little house in the prairie school where everybody's all the grades are in the same classroom. I mean, that's how they do it in, in Elk Cove and Dog Patch and Dog Patch. <laughs> So the youngest son talks like Pee Wee Herman. Then there's twins and uh, the kid from Big and Honey Shrunk the Kids and a couple of episode arc on Roseanne. He went out with Becky. Um, he invents things and he's got like this thing where when his alarm goes off, his blanket gets lifted off of him and like just a lot of weird stuff because kids in movies do that. And then his twin brother, they're fraternal twins. He's got a twin brother and his thing is that he's gay. <laughs> he is seen wearing a Leatherman hat. He's wearing and a, a sailor full hat. On, like Blue Oyster Leatherman hat. Like, like a like, like a, YMCA like a village Tom people. Of, a Tom of Finland. Full on village hat. person. Tom of Finland Leatherman hat that he's just wearing. And then in the next scene, he's wearing a full on like April Carry On, like little, like sailor hat. Donald Duck like sailor hat. He also has a really cool black mask he wears, that he's yeah. wearing in one scene. It's and like then, a, almost like a Zorro mask. And then Goldie's wearing it in one scene when she's using it as a yeah, like a sleep mask. Like a sleep mask. His thing is actually that he's an like the actor, so he like kind of overacts and just kind of like. Kinda thought, yeah, I mean, does, and he's, does little bits. He's also the sensitive one of them, and because he's, he's the gay one, he's, the, he's probably the gay one. And also, he kind of sticks up for for Annie in the movie too. Yeah. He's the one that gives her the least hard of a time. Yeah. And he, he sticks up for the little brother, too. You could hear kind of some lines when they're, like, ragging on the little brother. He's like, he's just asking a question. Um, and then the the older brother is, he's just kind of, like, bad in school. I take it that oldest. he takes off of Dean the most. Sure. And he just walks around with, like, a hustler. Yeah. <laughs> now those are tits. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, Dean is a really good guy, but, I mean, he's just kind of the the adult child. Yeah, he just wants to be friends with the kids. He just wants to be friends with the kids. Yeah. 
He kind of has like that Peter Pan complex where he didn't quite grow up. A falsetto child? A falsetto child. <laughs> when he's doing the peewee voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Annie is just kind of um, thrown to the dogs and she has to get used to this blue collar life. You know what's kind of jacked up? And it's for different reasons at different times, but he goes out every night and leaves her. Mm-hmm. And I know later on in the movie, we kind of get the reveal that he goes out to, like, work more jobs because he just does odd jobs during the day. And so at one point when she's like, f- tries to follow him to find out where he's going, we do find out that he's working, like, a job, like, hauling manure and stuff, and he just hasn't told her. But at the beginning of the movie, he is just going out just to drink. Yeah. He's like, I go out, I go out every night, I go bowling, I do this, I do that. And it's like, that's fucked up. <laughs> like you just leave every night leave your wife at home and you're just like I'm gonna go to the bowling alley okay um a big turning point with um Annie's character uh-huh. is when it, it's the whole water fight scene sure cause it's it's the one part it's the first part of the movie that you see a smile on her face yeah and you kinda get the idea that she's I mean sort of enjoying this yeah this like this life in, in Elk Cove. Yes. Because at first we get the house cleaning montage where she doesn't know how to do anything. She just like puts an entire chicken in a pot with like a whole potato and like a and like a piece of lettuce. And like tries to just boil all of that. <laughs> you know, and she's like uses the vacuum to like clean up their like leftover cereal. You she know, takes the, the entire uh I like I like when she the tablecloth that she just yeah. wraps it all up and just puts it in the sink. The plates and everything and just puts it in the sink and starts washing all of it. So we get the the house cleaning montage. Then, like, she's, you know, she's just really tired and she's just, like, has a couple of breakdowns. I don't belong here. I'm in hell. And you're the devil. <laughs> and also, um, this, uh, the scene, too. Oh, no, this is after... The poison ivy scene. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the teacher. Yeah. Okay, well, talking we'll about the teacher scene. I do like though. Um, at one point, when she says, "I suppose I do belong here," in this hovel. <laughs> <laughs> and as a kid, I didn't know what a hovel was, but then, on the Smurfs, they referred to Gargamel's house as a hovel. <laughs> Gargamel's hovel. And like I think I asked my sister, like, what's a hovel? And she was just like, just like a shitty house in this hovel. <laughs> That's funny. So the scene that you are referring to when she uh, squirts everybody with the hose from the kitchen, she is wearing a red gingham. I love that dress skirt with a denim yoke. I mean, a white t-shirt too. and a white t-shirt tucked in. <laughs> the denim yoke. On the red gingham skirt is like, oh my god. Yeah. They definitely picked that up at the Goodwill. Yeah, it's great. That is that is a great skirt and would probably go for a pretty penny at where would they sell that? At Urban Outfitters. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I had to make a note of that outfit because it was really cute. And then cut to the classroom scene, which is the first time that you see Goldie's character being a mother to these kids. Yeah. Because, I mean, she does stuff that a mom would do. Because she's learned to, like, 
kind of care about these little assholes. But it's also a little bit of Joanna. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the it's kind of the meshing of the because two. Joanna's strong point is getting what she wants and and reading everybody around her fulfills. And she does it to the benefit of her of her yeah of her newly she uses, adopted children. She uses her powers for good for once. You know, she uses this amazing skill that Joanna has to just like dress anyone down. And the teacher, who is like a horrible woman. The way she talks about these kids to their mother, essentially. Well, I guess she thinks that they're the kid's stepmother, but still. Um, but yeah, and he kind of tells them all off, and it's and it's awesome. Oh, but I remembered. Um, there's a point during the section where she still like has a lot of doubts and just hates everything and all of that. There's a point where she sees Dean. In their closet, in the bedroom, mm-hmm. and he does the thing with this T-shirt that he did in the yacht, and he's standing right by the closet. And he's standing in the closet, and so she's—it triggers a memory, and she's like, "You in the closet?" She's like, "I remember this." But while all that's happening, there's like light harp music playing, and it's yeah. very like, it's very like dream sequence. Everyone knows that harp chords, yeah, like. Trigger memories? It's just this light harp playing in the background, and you're just like, ooh, something's happening. She's having a memory. Yeah, I just thought that was really funny. I had that written down. The harp, the harp note, the harp music. Um, I really like the quieter scenes of this movie between Kurt and Goldie. Yeah. Um, especially when the kids, they find out, have poison oak, and so does she. Yeah. And Kurt puts her in the bed, and they kind of have this very... It's very like sweet moment with each other where he's remembering I take it memories of his of his deceased wife that he's kind of putting onto her. I don't know, I never thought that. I always I just thought, thought it made was, this up. I always thought it was from the wife. Yeah. That he's remembering his like his dead wife and he's projecting it onto her mm-hmm. as memories. Maybe. Did you want to play that scene? Sure. Tell me something about my life, about my past, please. Something not horrible. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, there, there was that time, uh, when you were, uh, you were working at, yeah, Burger Boy over in Louisville. And, uh, this kid started choking on a french fry. Everybody in the place panicked, including me, except for you. You you, you ran right over there to him, and you, you gave him that Heimlich uh, maneuver, you know, where you... And... Phew, kid puked up the fry, and they named you Burger Boy Employee of the Month. Yeah, it was great. They put your picture above the cash register. And I was really proud of you. I mean it. You can be quite charming when you want to be. Just caught me on a bad day. Good night, Daddy. Yeah, nice quiet moments like that. So they're so they're starting to fall for each other. Yeah, for sure. In this whole big um, facade, there's some there's some real feelings going on. Well, with them. it's it's. 
It's Kurt and Goldie. I it's mean, Kurt and Goldie. Yep. <laughs> you can't fake that kind of chemistry. <laughs> Where are we here? So Dean has this business plan that he's doing because he has more ambitions just being a carpenter. Oh. He's wanting to open up this um this mini golf course. He's got okay, so Dean is very not only is he handy, but he's also he's very creative, you know? Yeah. And that's where like the one son gets it, you know, he's got like all the inventions and Dean has a lot of creativity and we saw that with the closet shoe rack, mm-hmm. you know. And so he wants to do something where they open this mini golf course and Annie kind of comes up with this idea of the theme. Annie brings her sophistication to yeah. his business plan. Because she's a world traveler. She's a world traveler and she just doesn't know it. And she <laughs> kind of, and that kind of rubs off on Dean's idea. And she helps him yeah, so execute they do, this. So they do like the seven wonders kind of a thing. But the, the funny thing is... She draws up these sketches for, like, the ideas, right? So the ideas are like, okay, we're going to do one that's going to be like the Sphinx and one that's going to be like the Eiffel Tower and all of that. And so she draws these sketches, but the sketches are just like the Eiffel Tower, Mount Rushmore. She kind of draws the whole golf course on them. Yeah, but it's like they're not like... They're not like architectural elevations. They don't really have the inner workings of... How the yeah the hole is gonna work mechanically? They're just colored pencil drawings of things. It's something to show to the <laughs> these business investors. Yeah, they kind of gloss over that. But what just you... bring picture a picture of Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do you have to do the drawing? I mean, the thing is, when we do see it, ultimately everything is like caricatured. So, like maybe. You know, the drawings that she did were what they based the caricatures off of. But I'm just like, why did they have to have drawings of something that we know what it looks like? Yeah. But, yeah. But Annie helps. They kind of bring, they kind of have this idea together. Like, it's both of them. He had the idea for a mini golf course, and he can, like, make, he can fabricate everything. But he's, he's, handy and creative but she had the idea of doing you know the seven wonders and and all that so it was just something that that they had like together and that's when she just starts speaking french yeah and i didn't even know it and i take it that during this dean kind of knows that this idea is slowly or this whole this whole scheme is eventually going to have to come to an end yeah i mean he knows it's not going to last you know I do like, though, when she speaks French and she's like, I speak French. I must have learned that in Paris. When was I in Paris? And she goes, in the Navy. In the Navy. Because he told her that she was in the Navy. And she's just like, oh, yeah, that must have been it. (laughs) So do you think that Annie, deep down, I think that deep down she was always a good person, but she just needed Dean and these kids to bring it out in her? Yeah, I think just being Joanna and this was living always... on a yacht and being rich, it, mm-hmm. it was the people around her. Yeah. You know, her mom's kind of shitty, and her husband is. Her mom and her husband are both, like, rich and spoiled. So that just kind of rubbed off on her. I think really, yeah, it just took the kids and Dean t- to, you know... To really break her down. And to have, like, a real life, mm-hmm. you know, because the life that she was living before was, like, so ridiculous. Now, you know, 
that she had to like live a real life like a real person it kind of brought out she starts to comment on things that she would have thought were cheap in her old life like a seven dollar bottle of champagne <laughs> yeah when he buys her a a new washing machine yeah she, she comments oh that must have been so expensive yeah but that's the kind of thing that people do, you know? Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, shit. You think about stuff like that, you know? You think about money, and if you are going to buy an entire bottle of booze at a bar, like, we're going to drink this whole fucking thing. We paid for it. I really like the, like we were commenting before, the fashion journey yes. that uh, Joanna or Annie goes through. Yeah. They put her in a lot of denim. Yes, they give her a denim jacket, mm-hmm. and they have her with, like, a high, like a high-top pony, like a top ponytail her hair isn't as severe as it was at the beginning of the movie it's a little it's, more of a shag it's more it's of a shag long and loose flowy. yeah but yeah she'll do like a top a top ponytail top nut ponytail with the rest of her hair down with like a jean jacket and like a skirt or like you know a jean jacket and like jeans and also <laughs> annie is bringing out the best in both dean and all of her kids too well yeah she they grow up. as they grow as people with the help of annie yeah because at the beginning we have that montage of her not knowing how to do anything around the house but ultimately she does clean up the house you know it's dean who a is working a bunch of odd jobs working crazy hours and who's a big grown-up kid himself and then a bunch of actual kids so the house is like awful when she gets there it is a hovel you know but by the end of the movie it's like completely cleaned up it's like a proper house you know and and totally like livable and that's that's all that's all her doing and yeah if she was if she really was an asshole then she wouldn't have done any of that mm-hmm. stuff he would have said like yeah. do this do that she'd have been like i don't know how to fucking do that and just refuse and you know but she but she did she stepped up to to everything um he tells her this story about these like lovers lost at sea or whatever did they make that up for this movie Arturo and Katarina. I have only just heard it from this movie. <laughs> I think they made up Arturo and Katarina for this movie. We'll get the we'll get the interns on that <laughs> to, to see if that is an actual myth. Yeah, they can check the Wikipedia's about Arturo and Katarina. How old am I? Twenty nine. I always thought that was really funny. Yeah. And she asked him how old she is. I mean, any. Any woman, like middle aged woman, wants to hear. And he that pauses. Yeah, and he goes twenty nine, and she's just like, oh. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> yeah, there's just some funny lines. I bore your fruit. So eventually, this idea, or eventually, Edward Herman's character has to get her back. Joanna's mother, played by Catherine Helmond. I always forget Catherine Helmond's in this movie. Yeah, and she's really funny as this, like, just, like, super rich, like, eccentric her cutaway scenes New York are, woman. Her cutaway scenes are really funny of her getting her portrait. Oh, my God. Painted of herself. She's got this... What kind of dog is that? Is that a, a Lhasa Apso or a more fancy dog? Is it a little Shih Tzu? It might be, like, a Shih Tzu. Yeah. yeah. She's got one of those long-haired dogs with, like bows in its hair. It's like Milhouse's dog. And its name is Shiitake. See, yeah, that's I don't think that's a lot. Maybe it is. I don't know. We'll look it up. Again, we'll get the interns to look it up. But its name is Shiitake. She tells her maid Inga not to force feed Shiitake. Don't they have dogs in Sweden? Inga. Yeah, so she's trying to get in touch with Joanna all this time, and it's been like two months that Dean has kidnapped her. And Edward Herman's like partying it up with 
bimbos. Oh yeah, he's got bimbos on the yacht. On the yacht. In, yeah, he's got Tofuti Klein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are in Marina Del Rey at this point. Mm-hmm. And Catherine Hillman is like threatening him now, like fucking produce Joanna or like shit's gonna go down. And the thing is, what we find out later on is that all the money is Joanna's. Yeah. So it's like, of course he's gonna listen to her because that's like his meal ticket, you know. He, I I don't know. He, I'm sure he has some money, but Joanna's got more. Yeah. You know. Um. So yeah. So he makes his way back up to Elk Snout. She referred to it as Elk Snout at the beginning of the movie. I thought that was funny. He makes his way back up to Elk Snout. All the while, Dean's trying to like confess, and yeah. she doesn't believe it. She doesn't believe it. Yeah. When she finds her, when she finds her panties that uh, came with all of her stuff, yeah, that the orderlies or something gave to him, she thinks that he's having an affair. Yeah, because she didn't really have anything on her when they fished her out of the water, but like what she was wearing, and they gave all of that to him when he took her from the hospital, and he shoved the panties in her in his glove compartment, and she finds them, and she's like, "Oh, who's who did this belong to?" And he starts to confess, and she's just like, no, I don't believe it. And she goes, they, like, confront the kids about it, and the kids... They don't want to let her go. Yeah, the kids are like, nope, that's, yep, we don't know what's going, what he's talking about. You're our mom. I mean, yeah, what the hell are their kids? Of course they want her to stay. Like, that's their mom now, pretty much. Like, we don't know how long it's been since their real mom died. Three years. Three years, okay. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, they're kids, and she's been, like, she's been pretty awesome to them, so they're just, like, playing along with it. I love Goldie's performance when she does find out. I think she's really great in that scene. Yeah, yeah. When she starts realizing everything, she, like when she gets her memory back, when she walks by him and she just says hello to Edward Herman. Yeah, and she just keeps going. And then hi, Grant. And then it clicks. Just need to put these in water. Yeah, and um, it's kind of puts into perspective how fucked up the premise is when you start to see, yeah, Annie connect the dots of what just happened. Yeah. I love that when she looks at Kurt and she's just like, why did you do that? Yeah. She's like, you did that to me on purpose. Yeah. Why did you do that? Yeah. And she says that I have to go get my things. And I yeah, love I the love scene. that. I also thought it was well done in the remake, too, that she goes into the house. She looks at everything. She makes. She looks at this whole home that she made for herself. Yeah. And she, it, she realizes that this isn't mine. Yeah. Like, and you kind anything. of see this look of heartbreak on her that she has to let all of this go. Yeah. And then she goes back and says, I didn't have anything. Yeah. Nothing in there was mine. Nothing in there was mine. Mm-hmm. I love that scene. Yeah. And she gets in the and she gets in the limo and she leaves mm-hmm. with Grant. And you're like, what the hell? Kids How running after leaving? her. Yeah. The kids chase the limo down. You said moms don't leave. Oh, man. The youngest kid who, again, is like six years old. He's like a little kid. She covers her ears because she can't listen to it anymore. And once she gets back on the yacht and they proceed to set sail, she really can't relate to being rich anymore. Yeah, I love when that. She, like, everybody that she's surrounded by, she really can't relate to. Yeah. She asks for a beer when they're all drinking champagne. She she proceeds to serve everyone entrees just <laughs> because they might be hungry. She picks up the little serving tray and, and gives like hors d'oeuvres to everyone. And there's like, put that down. We've got people for that. I think I also love how this new, um, I'm just calling her Annie now, Uh, (laughs) just how she looks like in her old clothes. Yeah. 
she definitely just looks very stunning. Like her hair is down. Yeah. And just how she wears. Well, it's in like a low. It's mm-hmm. in like a low bun. It's in low chignon, if you if you know hair uh, terminology. But it's just like a low bun, but it's also very loose. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as tight as it was as uh, as Joanna. But the she's of the carrying movie. herself very differently wearing them. When she op- she opens the bottle of beer on like a table. Like she did mm-hmm. in the house with with Dean and, and Eva Longoria, they would just open the bottle, just like lean it up against a, a flat surface and Crack slap it, it, you know, and bust that bottle cap right off. She learned how to do that, you know, and that's how she opens it in in the yacht in the like fancy living room, and everybody's staring at her like, "What the fuck?" Um, and she drinks the beer and she goes, "That's good stuff. That's good stuff. <laughs> I love that." Is it the, is it is it the champagne of beers? <laughs> she drinking a Miller Lite. I think she's probably drinking a Miller Lite in that scene. And uh yeah, and this new um this new her is like taking shots with the crew. Yeah. Like she's not screaming at him anymore. She's having fun with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they like her. Yeah. They like her. Like, yeah. They're like fully do- doing the shots and she's hanging out with with Roddy McDowell, who is um, there, I guess, like the butler. Do you notice Roddy McDowell is also the producer of the movie? Yeah. He's an exec producer. That's interesting. interesting. Yeah. I wonder how this project fell on his lap. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so Roddy McDowell is kind of like the main, like, I guess, butler, main, like, service person mm-hmm. on the yacht. And... Um, yeah, he's down there doing shots with her and 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 and, and just kind of talking to her, kind of a little bit more like an equal. Like he never would have spoken to her. Like he never would have told Joanna the things that he says because he kind of does a little impression of her. He he you know? mentions that story of when she lost her her was it like her uh like a brooch or a ring or something? Yeah, her rings or jewelry. Mm-hmm. And he so, and he does an impression of her of the old her, which is super funny. But yeah, I, I forgot to play earlier when um. After Kurt Russell calls calls her a bitch, and she's like complaining about him to her mother, I was I was thought this line was funny. Not a bitch. <laughs> Andrew, are you going to bring me my lemon, or do I have to squeeze it from my hat? Just like right after she says she's not a bitch, she's just like. But that's the thing. A lot of her like bitchy lines were funny. Yeah. You know, a lot of her bitchy lines were just like, they were very quippy. You Don't know? touch anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did she? What did? She, what did she call him at the at the hospital? This this missing link person. <laughs> this missing link person. <laughs> so Annie decides she goes up to the to the captain of the yacht to turn it around. Yeah, she's ultimately just like, you know what? Fuck she's it. just like, going to go back. This isn't my life anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't live here anymore. we got to turn this boat around. So, yeah, so she, she makes them turn the entire yacht back to Elk Cove so that she can go be with Dean and the boys. And it kind of drives the husband, who was already kind of kooky to begin with, just kind of has a nervous breakdown. They've talked about he's breakdowns, like, this. Yeah. that he's... Not exactly that mentally well off. Yeah, totally. And he kind of loses it once she decides to leave. 
Yeah. So there's drama at the end with like the husband commandeering the ship after she turned it around. They get the they get the help of uh, the Coast Guard. Yes, too. Uh, Eva Longoria was in the Coast Guard as a younger man, and so Dean says, "Oh, we're going to use Uncle Billy's friends to help us go get Mom." They get the big Coast Guard ship to go find the yacht. Yeah, and uh, c- and catch up with them, and you know. And you get the really great end scene where they both jump in the water swimming to each other. They jump in the water just like uh, the fictional Arturo, Arturo and Katarina. And, Katarina. Um, and swim towards each other, except the real fictional Arturo and Katarina perished in the ocean. But but Dean and Annie are wearing life, life jackets, so they make it to each other. <laughs> get the big... Uh, End song of um, Randy Newman. I didn't remember that song. Yeah. And I saw in the credits that like, oh, s- you know, it said specifically in the opening credits, the title of the song. And it was like written by Randy. Newman. I was like, what is that? Just barely missed the Academy Award. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. It was stolen out of his hands. I wonder what won best song in 1987. All of our interns are asleep. It was probably, it was probably Flashdance. Not 87. Flashdance was like 83. Oh. 87. Best song. Would that have been Working Girl? I think Working Girl was 88. Oh, one year off. We'll figure it out. We'll put that on the... We'll put that on Twitter. For those of you paying attention. So, yeah. So, Overboard. I mean, it really stands up as a comedy. I have to say, when we were watching it, to, to take notes and just to refamiliarize ourselves with it, uh, not that either of us needed it, but um, it w- there were like really good jokes. We were just laughing, like just trying to narrow down some of the clips. There was just so much Goldie Hawn like gold in this. Ages really well. Yeah, the jokes really stand up. It's 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 really good, and the two of them are amazing together. They look great. Um, it's really funny. It's really well written. It's just like a joy to watch. And like also, I said, my mom used to watch it. Um, interesting. When I was reading about uh, sort of the box office numbers of this movie, not an immediate hit. Oh no! I think yeah. it just. I mean, yeah, it didn't even make back its budget in its initial release, which didn't, probably was a small budget to begin with. Didn't make a lot of money opening weekend. It's interesting that they opened m- this movie the week before Christmas too. Huh, that and is it was it was a December release. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like a lot of the movies that we grew up with, just got this big following on home video it's and cable. Found its legs on home video, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, it, it would get run a lot on cable, just basic cable, like just it was just all over TV, and it has that really cool poster. The of bolt like the two of them falling, falling off, the off the ship, ship with so her, good. her legs like kicked up in the air and her arms out, and she's wearing a red dress in the poster. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she's wearing that anywhere in the movie, but who cares? But yeah, it just kind of had everything that like it needed to have for that like rewatchability as a kid. Just be like, I'm gonna watch this movie again. I'm gonna put it on and just yeah, just watch it over and over again. How do you think this movie stacks up about movie about movies about amnesia? I was looking up some titles <laughs> about movies that have amnesia in the plots, and some of them were kind of funny. Memento. The oh, Vow, geez. which The Vow is kind of like overboard with Channing Tatum and Rachel McAdams. Yeah. Uh, 51st Dates, The Porn Identity. 
Oh my god. Furious Seven because Michelle Rodriguez gets um they write it into the story that she gets amnesia when she comes when she's written back oh. into the into the story because they kill her off. Oh my god. And she's found with amnesia. I thought that was funny. Also, Does she not know Dominic Toretto? I Oh my yeah. god. Oh Letty. Mulholland Drive, the main character has amnesia. Yeah. After she True. She falls in the Hollywood Hills. So yeah. I would say Overboard's probably my favorite. Of movies about amnesia. Oh, well, yeah. Amnesia is probably... It's definitely better than Mulholland Drive. Probably not something that uh, is in reality quite like it is in the movies. Oh, no. I think it's exactly like that. Just get a swift kick in the head and just... Kind it's of all like... Gone. Also, remember in the finale of Full House where Michelle gets amnesia and she forgets everyone? That's the finale. Well, that's the last episode. The last episode. Because they were canceled. Yep. But yeah, she <laughs> Not gets, quite the series she gets, finale. She that gets they... hit over the head and she can't remember any of the Tanners. I mean, hey, the series finale of the Brady Bunch, Greg uses some like janky hair product and his, dyes his hair orange. And that's the last Brady Bunch ever. <laughs> so we've been, going through a, we've been going through a big Brady Bunch phase, too. I mean... Course, because it's awesome. It kind of cycles with us. <laughs> we'll not watch it, and then we'll watch. Then we'll just be obsessed with it. I'm always obsessed with it. Overboard's really good, you guys. I'm sure. I'm sure everybody out there listening has seen it. I'm sure you've seen it multiple times. If not, get on it. But yeah, if you haven't seen it, I don't know how it got away. From it's me a treasure. All it's one of my favorite comedies of all time. You know, like in college, like whenever you take a film class or something, and everyone goes around and says their favorite movie ever. I always just wanted to say overboard because you just hear all of these <laughs> super pretentious <laughs> answers, yeah, like Citizen Kane or like or the Boondock Saints, the Boondock Saints <laughs> or like Thin Red Line or something. And I always just want to say overboard. Yeah, I always love. I can always tell if somebody's like, I really love movies, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Like, what kind of movies do you like? It's like any Tarantino movie. And as soon as they say Quentin Tarantino, I'm like, yeah. peace. Conversation's over. <laughs> I know the kind of good movies that you like. Oh, you just, they're just so clever. Those Tarantino movies. You know they're they're told out of order. And yeah, and Boondock Saints <laughs> is always is always thrown in there too. That's so basic. I don't know where all this how Boondock Saints became beloved with college kids. Bros. Just guns. Just white dudes shooting guns. I love that shit. Isn't that super Irish? Yeah, I think so. so. Like, it's about like Irish crime, some Irish mafia, I don't know. or something. Who knows? This is the wrong podcast. <laughs> That's another podcast where they talk about Boondock Saints and not super gay shit, like Kurt Russell's tits. Also, mm-hmm. um, another thing with this movie of mm-hmm. whenever I have to draw from it, mm-hmm. kind of as gay men, we're always asked of when did you know that you were gay, <laughs> and it's kind it's kind of a stupid question because really you kind of always know. But everybody wants to like pinpoint yeah. it to like a moment, yeah. And I always just pull out Kurt Russell doing that thing with his tank top in this movie with the cedar. If I really the, had to like boil oh, it down to anything, closet. that's the moment that I really knew that I like dudes. Kurt Russell playing with his nips in was the closet, laying my eyes on Kurt Russell's beautiful pec muscles. <laughs> well, <sighs> all right, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, like I said, this movie has everything. It has a little bit of everything for every different type of gay. 
you know. Great camp it's, value for all of uh, Goldie's wardrobe. Yeah, it's got Goldie's wardrobe. It's got Goldie's jokes. It's got Kurt's body. It's got chubby Eva Longoria for those for those bear chasers out there. Oh yeah, you know he's in this. Um, it's it's got something for every every type of gay. You know, it's 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 campy, but it's also it's got a good romance. Yeah, and just Kurt and Goldie still to this day are. Still together, they're like mm-hmm. the the celebrity couple that we just put on this like on this like platform mm-hmm. of just they are just they're the gold standard the gold standard of celebrity couples still to this day. They and made also, it work. are they still not married? I don't think so. Maybe they are married and they just haven't said anything. No, I think that's the secret. Yeah, they're just not married and they've just been boyfriend and girlfriend for all of these years. <laughs> yeah. They made it. They made it past Bert and Lonnie, Bruce and Demi, <laughs> Tom and Tom and our Nick, Tom and our Nick. <laughs> yeah, Regis and Kelly. They were never married. Oh, can you imagine? It'd have been amazing. Uh, yeah. No, this this movie has everything, and I'll watch it. We have it on Blu-ray for crying out loud. Who the fuck buys Overboard on Blu-ray? And whenever it's on cable, I'll fully just watch yeah. a good 20 minutes of it. Yeah. Was this Blu-ray like four ninety nine? Oh, I think it was like a $5 Target special. <laughs> I, we were, I think we were just like, well, for $5, we can't not buy it. We'd be losing. But we might as well tear that $5 up. And it was weird that we just didn't own it, too. Neither of us had it in any media. All throughout the years, I just never managed to get a copy of Overboard. Like, because growing up, we had it, like... On VHS, it was like taped off cable. Taped off cable, yep. So, like, growing up, when we started building our own movie collections, it wasn't something that I was just like, oh, yeah, I got to buy Overboard. Because it's just always around. It was always on cable, always so on. it was always just there. Yeah, it was always on. So I just felt like I can watch it whenever I need to watch it. Um, But, yeah, man, a $5 Blu-ray, you can't pass that up. I might as well have torn up that $5 and burnt it with fire. A lot of good <laughs> it would have done me. I had to spend it on this movie. I would have been losing money if I didn't buy it. And I've I've earned every bit of that $5 back from watching the Blu-ray. I mean, how good of a quality is a movie from 1987? Let me tell you this. This movie came out the same year as Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Yeah. And uh, definitely looks a lot better than Stand Them Up Side by Mary Side. Lou, Prom Night 2. <laughs> Mary Lou looks like a damn like low budget porno compared to this movie. The gem Gary Marshall. How do we not do any Gary Marshall impressions in this whole podcast? <laughs> this is my movie Overboard. Goldie. Goldie. <laughs> this is the scene where you go back to your house when you meet your new kids. I imagine Gary Marshall's just like is are are all of his movies just directed by like the first AD and like the, and like the script coordinator? I think that he walks through it, and he's the, just like with the principal actors like one time. Yeah, and then the what second, are we doing? What shot is this? And then the second AD just takes it from there. Where's Hector Elizondo? Me and Hector are gonna go out for some Cuban coffees, and they just leave. <laughs> Him and Hector Elizondo are just like reading Variety and like smoking cigars. Penny might have to come up for and drinking like drinking espresso out of like the tiny little mugs. 
Penny might have to be called on the shit for Goldie. You gotta like, come, Goldie and Kurt, come here. We gotta go over these lines, Goldie and Kurt. How did those two manage he to find sure. each other with those crazy voices? <laughs> Just have both have these larger than life. They're brother and sister. Oh shit! Gary why, and Penny Marshall. Why did I think that they're married? They are brother because oh they're married God. in Hocus Pocus. Maybe that's why. This whole time I thought they were a married couple. They but are brother it makes, and sister. It makes more sense if they're brother and sister with yes. that crazy voice. Yes. I can't believe I was 33. Focus, focus, did you dirty. I was 33 years old when I found out <laughs> Penny Marshall and Gary Marshall were not married. I kind of love that. I didn't realize that, you, that they're married. <laughs> if there's any listeners that have had this similar revelation, please please tweet us. I'm sure so many people out there think the same thing. Ah, oh, Penny Marshall. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. My entire legacy, and this is what I get, a bench? We were on the Disney lot last week seeing Avengers, and there's a Gary Marshall bench. I think you buried the lead. We were at the Disney lot seeing Avengers That's what I said. Endgame I, I, at I the said, Disney lot. I said we were at the Disney no, lot No, but I said you, you buried the lead, though. Like that's That was the, the, the crux of that, sort bragging about that. We didn't have to see it. It's your puny Edwards regal. Saw it in a movie studio. Yeah. It was a press screening. But yeah, yeah we, there was a Gary Marshall Memorial Bench. We waiting in line next to the Gary Marshall Memorial Bench. <laughs> <laughs> My entire legacy. Did he do voice? Did he do animated voiceover? Yeah, he has to. What has he done? I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Uh, interns, where are you? They're all asleep. Josie Geller, you enroll Friday. <laughs> Sack races at the company picnic. <laughs> all right, let's wrap this up. All right, sounds good. Well, I think that this movie is worth uh, multiple rewatches. So clearly. good. Um, yeah, but if you have uh, any memories of, of this movie... You know, feel free to let us know. Drop us a line. Uh, you can email us at uh, movies that made us gay at gmail dot com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at movies that made us gay, and on Twitter we are M T M U G Pod. That's movies, movies that, that made us gay. gay pod. Yeah, pod. And uh, yeah, that's. Scott, do you have anything you wanna you wanna push or talk about for uh, for next time? Um, not anything right now. Uh, depending on when we're recording this, we're gonna be doing a live from Palm Springs episode soon. We're gonna be recording it in a few weeks, so th- I would imagine that it's going to be dropping soon. So you can have that to yes, look forward to. Yes, that is gonna be. We're a gonna lot be watching Back to the Beach and doing it at the Triangle in Palm Springs, which will be a lot of fun. It's our first travel episode. Yes, we will be live. On the road, man on the street style in Palm Springs, talking about a beach movie from the 80s. Oh, my God. If you guys haven't seen it. It's going to be fun. Beach, yeah, it's going to be amazing. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Any final thoughts on uh, on Overboard besides watch it? <laughs> watch this. Watch this goddamn movie. Yeah, it's so good. This movie. It's, it's full of great ones. If you have any favorite lines or anything, feel free to let us know. But... We'll be posting about um we'll be posting a lot of goalies outfits too on the Instagram. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Well the entire civilized world knows that all closets are made of cedar. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.